0: it's time for another episode of corner of the galaxy from the box the show that gets you behind the scenes of the la galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and mls experts your hosts for the day are corner of the galaxy's josh Gesman and la times soccer reporter kevin baxter Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of
1: the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. coming to you on Monday, January 28th. That's right. January's almost over as the LA Galaxy get ready to transition into their second week of preseason and getting ready for that first week of February, including a closed door scrimmage that comes up on February 5th. So a bunch to get to, a bunch to talk about, uh, going to get you up, get it on all your LA Galaxy news headed into this uh this week and uh through the weekend and let's talk to the man who was traveling all over the place he was in phoenix earlier this morning but it somehow made it back to the panda layer in time it's panda himself mr kevin baxter kev thanks for uh thanks for driving all the way from lax and getting to your place in time and then yelling at me for being on time
2: yeah by the way i don't think pandas live in layers um but yes i started the day in a different state and i and and i flew into lax and had all that traffic and still made it to the uh the golden corner of the galaxy microphone ahead of you. So
1: yes, but do you, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something that I think you and I completely missed by the way. Remember uh, we were at MLS media day. We were. Okay. So whenever we were all done, we had to go back to the hotel. Did you walk through the lobby of the hotel? What, I did. There was some sort of a wedding
2: or something going it on. It was
1: not a wedding. You know what it was? A funeral. The golden Mike awards. That was, that yes. was it. I saw Wait. Yes. That was the actual one. So maybe we won an award and we didn't even know it. Cause we weren't invited. I,
2: Nobody recognized me, but I wasn't in, in my panda
1: suit. That's, so. This is true. That's how it goes. But yes, you were in Phoenix covering the U.S. men's national team. Sebastian Legette got 27 minutes, uh, I believe in that, and uh, actually showed pretty well for the uh, U.S. men's national team. So uh, good news for the LA Galaxy uh, that he has so far survived his return to the U.S. men's national team. I know. People, yes, but yeah. this
2: Saturday, yeah. we talked about this, you yeah. and I, this Saturday, Sebastian Legette returns with the men's national team to the scene of the crime. He's going to play with the national team at Avaya Stadium, where 23 months ago, he uh, suffered an injury that almost ended his career on that same field. It'll be his first trip back to, the, to that field playing for anybody, and his first team uh, trip back to that field certainly for the national team, just about five miles from where he learned to play soccer. And he'll be back at Avaya Stadium trying not to re- relive that tragic Accident he had against Honduras really wasn't an accident. He, he was attacked. But. Yeah,
1: he, he was attacked. He was attacked. Yeah. And and I remember that. That was the, uh, oh, it looks like it's just a sprain and it's fine. It's, oh, no, wait, his season's over.
2: Yeah, that, You that know fine. what's interesting? Um, when Mark Anthony Kay was stepped on during the, the Galaxy, uh, the, well, El Trafico, the one at Bank of California Stadium, right. and was hurt and ended his season, um, he told me he was a little upset that um, – you know, that the, the player that did that did not apologize to him. And he said the one Galaxy player who went out of his way to call him and apologize, well, not apologize, but ask him how he was doing and, and talk to him about the injury was Sebastian Legette. And he was really touched by that. And I asked Sebastian about it, and he said, yes, he did. And he said, because he remembered who reached out to him when he was hurt, which players did and which players didn't. And he said that the player from Honduras that actually hurt him never, never reached out to see how he was. And if you watch that, it was kind of a, a pretty – um Pretty dirty play, and the player never never reached out to. uh, Now he's not going to apologize, but just to see how he was. And Sebastian remembered that, so Sebastian does that now whenever someone gets hurt against the Galaxy.
1: See, I mean that's just like pro moves. We talk about pro moves after you and I obviously visited uh, MLS Media Day and had some uh, fun with a certain player who shall yes be remain nameless, I should say, just for now. Once
2: upon a time, we played in Kansas City and was a, a. Favorite topic of the show, but shall never be mentioned again. He's he's out
1: of that uh, at that particular one. But we talk about being professional and doing the things we talked about. Bradley Wright Phillips coming in and shaking everybody's hand. Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic coming in and controlling the room, but doing so in a nice way. Um, you know, just just all these different things that you saw from professionals. And by the way, everybody who really came in and, and spoke with us, Kevin, for the most part, was you know the uber professional. Uh, Whenever it came to it, and we still got really good quotes out of people. Bill Hamid was, you know, perfectly honest with us. So still was a great professional. Sat there and answered the questions, and and really tried to give you the honest answers and all that stuff. And so, um, you know, you just see these professionals and the things that separate different people for different things and, and how it goes. And and one of the big things I know that everybody always talked about uh, at one point was uh, Steven Gerrard. Whenever he joined the galaxy, he would come into every interview and shake everybody's hand. Uh, he did that in the scrums Sometimes after he got to know us for a little while, he decided shaking our hand was a bad idea. Um, but nonetheless, after that, we, we, you look at all that. Um, it, it's about being professional. Sebastian Legette has now learned what it means to be a professional in that particular way. And now he goes out above and beyond really that, 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 requirement. um, And you, it turns into, Hey, Sebastian Legette's one of the nicest guys in major league soccer. I mean, that's, that's a good story.
2: And I'm not one of those guys who insist that players talk to the media. I mean, MLS has a clause and basic contract that says players have to be available to the media. I I don't like that. I don't like the idea that they're contractually obligated to talk to us. If they want to talk to us, great. If they don't great, but when they do, you know, as you said, be professional, um, if there's a dumb question, tell us it's a dumb question. Now, I know I ask dumb questions. That's fine. I, I, I'm not going to get in if you tell me it's a dumb question. But don't ask like every question is a dumb question. Don't ignore people. Don't treat uh, you know people like they're less than you. I mean, that's the one big problem. Athletes in a lot of sports will do that. And it just behooves them to do the other way, because here we are talking about what a great guy Sebastian lejet is. What did he do? Did he cure cancer? You know, mm. um, did, did he end the, the government shutdown? No, he just talked to us in a nice way. Yes. And now all of a sudden we're acting like he should get the Nobel Peace Prize. That's all players have to do. Just we're professionals. They're professionals. We have a lot of respect for them. They should have some respect for us, but
1: the a l- idea a that they bit.
2: have to talk to us. I don't buy that.
1: Yeah, just a little bit of respect though. We don't want them like a little like, bit of respect. Like they don't need to respect us a whole bunch. I mean, you know, especially not you. Um, not I mean,
2: I well, yeah, it, you have to earn that respect, and I clearly haven't done that
1: yet. <laughs> yeah, we're waiting. We're waiting for that. Uh, eight days into the LA Galaxy preseason, the Galaxy still going through two days, although a little bit of a shift in the schedule. We'll talk about that, uh, you know, for this second week and and how that's different from the first week a little bit. Uh, Thirty three days now until the match against the Chicago Fire. Uh, eight hundred thirteen days since the Galaxy's last playoff game, and fifteen hundred thirteen days since the Galaxy's last MLS Cup win. But who's
2: but who's counting?
1: Not me. Um, one of the things I wanted to make sure I touch on before we get too far and it'll be quick I, I promise both of these things will be quick quick but uh but the best in the galaxy t-shirts um our t-shirt sale the first of 2019 is up there for just 20 dollars. you get to support the show they're they're comfy they're soft uh i think it's a great design um you know you can you can support the podcast get a cool shirt at the same time and all that money goes directly into this podcast and helps us uh keep the lights on keep the mics hot all that fun stuff so please head on what? over to yes Yes, you were no, saying. Go ahead.
2: Finish, finish oh, okay. that. Finish that.
1: He- head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Click the shop button. Uh, you'll see a picture of the shirt on there. You go over there. It takes you to Bonfire. Uh, it's a great system. Basically, it runs a campaign for a certain amount of time. That campaign closes on February 5th. So you need to order your shirt before February 5th. Once the campaign closes, it usually takes a couple of days. Then they start making and shipping out those shirts. So it's a great deal for us. We don't have to handle anything here. And you guys get a shirt pretty quickly. And again, the shirts are great. Um, the 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 design, I think, this time is really good. So please go do that. Kevin, you were saying Okay,
2: now, before we get out of the shameless commerce department, I need to say I am wearing a corner of the galaxy shirt right now. It has a picture of a panda and a picture of a duck. This new design has neither. There are is no wildlife.
1: Yes. Yes. On on this new shirt. Lowest selling T-shirt in corner of the galaxy history. Panda and pato. That makes it a collector's item. <laughs> well, the fact that we're not doing it anymore is makes it a collector's item. That was a limited release, one time only. We may have to come up with another panda and pato shirt uh, that's, here that's here this year. That's fake
2: news, right there. There's that's
1: no fake. way that cute little panda
2: shirt did not sell.
1: Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you say panda and pato?
2: Panda and pato in the morning.
1: There we go. Just wanted to. I wanted to make you happy. Throw that in there.
2: It never gets old. And by the way, speaking of patos. Yes. Your high school nickname was goose. Yes, I did not know that. You have long been associated with waterfowl. Yes. and I must say, I think this is a step up. <laughs> um, a duck is a much friendlier, uh, kind of cuter. I mean, geese freak me out. Yes, I, I was attacked by a goose in a park once, and a geese have always uh, kind of freaked me out. I'm I'm much I'm much happier that you have evolved to a duck from a goose. Well, that all came
1: from my last name, which is Guessman, but people pronounce it Gooseman because there's only one S, and so it's Goose, and then I'm also pilot, so then that was the whole, oh, it's Top Gun, so I'm Goose. and I every, Apparently nobody knows I die in that movie, so that's just not nice to do either. So anyway, that's where it all came. Yes, my nickname is Goose, but I'm the pato here. Um, so I've, I've grown. I've transitioned into the smaller duck, I guess. I don't know. In my old age, I'm shrinking. I, I have no idea how that works, but waterfowl for sure. Um, Yeah, always
2: or foul water in your case.
1: Yes. Uh, One other event I want to make sure we get everybody in. I'm sure I'll touch on it once more before (laughs) we close this out. But February 16th is our live show, our live event show at Taps Brewery in Tustin. They are partnering with us. They are amazing uh, to allow us to basically have this venue. We're out on the patio. It should be great as long as it doesn't rain. If it does rain, we have another place that we're going to be able to move inside. So don't worry about that. I need to reiterate this very carefully. It's a brewery. So that means... It's all ages. Everybody thinks it's 21 and over, and I haven't said anything. It is all ages. It's a family. Bring your family. Everybody is welcome. Uh, There's no age restriction on the brewery itself. They have a food truck there that sits there and basically is parked there all the time, so there will be food, uh, there's drinks, so everybody show up. You're more than welcome to. Right now, we have the LA Galaxy Star Squad is scheduled to be there. Uh, More than likely, Cosmo will be scheduled to be there. We're going to have a raffle for a signed Which Cosmo? Uh, I don't know. It could be number one one. or number two. Um, oh, okay. I I've met number two uh, and of course I know number one. Um, so either way, I think we're going to be served well, but, uh, I'm, uh, you know, fingers crossed for number one right now. I think I, you
2: I will not be there. I you, can guarantee you. I am not making a personal appearance. So anyone coming to see, to see the Panda. Yes. You're going to be disappointed. I'm going to
1: have a picture of you. Um, that people can take pictures with. They're going to hold up a little oh, picture, that's I think, good. I think that's maybe. Good. And we're going to try to get that's you on the phone. Familiar. And we're going to try to get you on the phone. That's that, that's our thing. Uh, let's see. Uh, Cosmo's going to be there, uh, or Cosmo's likely to be there. I haven't got confirmation on that yet. Uh, and then raffle for a signed Galaxy kit. Uh, all that money will go to the Galaxy Foundation. Uh, food, beer, great live show. And, of course, thanks to Taps Brewery and Tustin for partnering with, with us on this. This will be a lot of fun. All right. To your LA Galaxy news, I think, really, Kevin, let's start with the training schedule and just talk about how that has changed a little bit, and then we we can go into all these other topics we need to touch on. Um, Are we done selling stuff for now? I mean, okay. I'll, I'll probably do it again. Right. I'm, I'm hard right. up, so I'll, I'll hit it again at the end. Uh, training schedule uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday off Sunday. Um, that doesn't change much except that on the, the
2: seventh day they rested.
1: That's 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 that's, that's Guillermo's rules and uh, Zlatan's rules, I guess, uh, God's rules. Uh, so it's two a days on Monday, two a days on Wednesday, two a days on Friday. But other than that, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday are all single practice days. Um, So that's a little bit different than what it was. Uh, They were doing two days for most of them. I think they had Saturday wasn't a -a two-a-day, and they had Sunday off. So whenever you look at it, they have scaled back the two-a-days just a little bit um, as they sort of lead up to the Tuesday, February 5th closed-door scrimmage against uh, Vissel Kobe. Um, and so that will be, uh, that will be there. And I have more information on that as well, but it's a little change in that
2: training schedule, Kevin, just a little twist. Well, you know, the two day training sessions, this is something that, that, uh, Guillermo's coaching staff brought with them from Boca juniors. They used to do it there. It's always been known as very grueling sessions. I mean, a lot of players with dead legs, I've heard of players complaining about their, they're just totally fatigued. Um, but the ones that I've talked to also mentioned that yes this is really tough now but they think it's going to benefit them during the season it'll be interesting to see whether it does i mean i'm i'm guessing it will how can it really hurt them unless someone gets hurt you know we did have a lot of hamstring issues last year maybe this will help with that you know the fitter you are uh it would seem to me that the less kind of muscle problems you're going to have but the galaxy we're not we we looked at the stats a couple weeks ago both of us you and i and the Galaxy were not that bad in the second half. In fact, in the second half, and especially the last 15 minutes, they had a big advantage as far as goals goals allowed and goals uh, scored. So they didn't fade in games like they did two years ago. Remember uh, the, the Anafold. Ziggy Schmidt year, there were a lot of games the Galaxy gave up in stoppage timer in the last five minutes of the game. It didn't happen last year, so they they actually appeared to be pretty fit going into the final minutes of games. You know, aside from again the injuries, it will be interesting to see how they uh, how they react with uh, this grueling. Uh, uh, preseason schedule.
1: Yeah, uh, the uh, the players I was talking to, uh, one of them in particular said, uh, everybody's exhausted mentally and physically, which you would expect at this point. I, of course, relayed my story about how in uh, cross country once after a race, I went to the trainer and the trainer said, all right, what's wrong? And I said, I, I go, the problem is I can feel every part of my body. My legs hurt, my arms hurt. And they're like, well, what do you want me to do about it? And I go, make me stop being able to feel my legs and that would work great. And so uh, the player was sort of like, yeah, that's about the same right now. Everything sort of hurts. Everything's physically training. Uh, I said you know, I also mentioned uh, about the intensity and you talk about the intensity in these trainings from the videos that we've seen, Kevin um, you know, of the training and, and sort of how these guys are going about things. There seems to be this hunger, this intensity, this drive this this willingness to compete that Guillermo um, you know his brother Gustavo, uh, everybody there, Dominic Kinnear have sort of instilled in this group and sort of have, have, have made this group look like they're hungrier at least so far early, early, early in this preseason. And uh, the player responded hey listen new coach every spot is up for grabs uh if you think anybody's gonna go easy in any of these training systems you're crazy basically um well, which, which i think so is a great I'm, great take
2: i'm so glad you brought up cross country because it uh, gives me a segue into into uh some shameless promotion of myself I, I was a college distance runner and, and ran the 10k and, and the marathon and that's that's important because, you know, some midfielders will run as much as a 10K during a game. So that's a 10K in 90 minutes with a lot of starting and stopping. And I say that because when you look at the training that that the teams have done in the past, or at least that I've seen, I mean, when I was running, I would run 140 miles a week in training. And th- these guys do nothing close to that, um, yet they're essentially training to run a 10K, you know, every game. Now, I know that the, the disciplines are totally different. They're sprinting. They're not trying to run for pace. They're kicking the ball at the same time. There's a lot of other things involved. But I guess I say that because I, when I've seen other preseason training sessions, it never struck me that they were really all that difficult, that they were all really all that taxing, and that they were preparing players to run a 10K every week. Uh, I'm getting the impression this training camp is totally different, and these players are going to come out uh, much fitter, uh, you know, lower body fat, uh, you know, hopefully their their muscles in much better shape so we don't have all those hamstring problems that we've had, quadricep problems in the past. How many guys had leg injuries last year? It yeah. seems like a ton. And, and Gio's never really gotten over his. So, um, you know, I this feels like a good idea. It feels like this is, is really going to to help the galaxy be one of the fitter teams in MLS. And when you have to play summer games in Houston and Dallas and, uh, uh, you know, go on to turf and then come back, play on grass, there's a lot of things they're dealing with. Um, And U S open cup games in the middle. Uh, I think this is, I think this is good.
1: Yeah. It it feels that way. Um, Player said, we know we're going to be in shape. Uh, basically, you know, it's we know we're going to be physically fit. We know that that's going to happen. Um, Galaxy, you know, moving to this now, you know, sort of semi two-a-day schedule. But, I mean, you're still having 9 a.m., 4.30 p.m. Uh, practices. Uh, you're still getting that rest time in between. So they're still sort of building that team camaraderie uh, at these different uh, places. Uh, I think they're at a hotel. So, the, you know, the recovery that they're doing in between the two-a-days is there. And they're able to, you know, start recovering. And then they also get to hang out with each other. So you, you have to imagine that all this is going to pay off um, as the Galaxy continue, you know, towards this preseason. And then. Kevin, shifting over to now you go into closed-door scrimmage, the the one with uh, Vissel Kobe, um, and the Galaxy did just sort of uh, announce, and it, it was announced through to season ticket holders at least, um, that this closed-door scrimmage will now be uh, quote-unquote open to select fans, people who buy tickets for this special event, and basically it's the ability to watch a closed-door scrimmage, um, and it's also, and they're, they're highlighting this, it's also a, a chance to get autographs and photos and, and do a meet and greet with uh, Andre Iniesta, uh, dava Villa and Lucas podolski so you have those three that Kevin I think you reported will not play in that game because there's another game either later that night or or fairly fairly rapidly uh soon after this closed door scrimmage right
2: yeah so the closed door scrimmage the door is now ajar yeah some yeah. people yeah I'm told that they that uh, the three woke up uh, champions will not play in that game. There was another game that night. However, comma, um, it's interesting that they're going to appear at that game because if the idea is to give them the morning off so they they're going to play in the night game and not going to play in the day game, why have them there? Right. It makes me kind of wonder whether or not they might play. I mean, uh, if I'm Vissel Kobe and I got three guys uh, in their mid to late 30s uh, who are the you know the core of the team and the, the reason I'm here, you know, the reason their team is here in Southern California. Um, don't make them go to a game; they're not going to play. If they're right. going to, you know, don't make them make a personal appearance at a game they're not going to play in, especially if when they have a game that night. So um, that's what I was told. It, it, it's interesting when you look at uh, when Vissel Kobe decided that wanted to come here and it wanted to set up a series of games. What I was originally told is, and this is before De Close came and and before uh, you know Bar-Soleto came and a lot of the personnel has changed. But when they were arranging that tour, they were told uh, the Galaxy told them they had did no interest in having any part to do with this tour they didn't want to play them they didn't think that uh, the whole idea of playing a friendly against uh, those kind of players at that time of year and then in that time the time of their preparation was a good idea so they said no then uh, lafc stepped up and said yeah we'll play them and we'll play them at bank of california stadium and we'll play them in the first game and we'll sell tickets to that and it lafc did a pretty good job of promoting it and then orange county soccer club got involved and they promoted the rest of the tour all of a sudden the galaxy from what i'm told the galaxy called promoters and said hey We want a piece of this. We want to be part of this. Um, By that time, the tour was entirely set. So they did add this other game the morning of of a game. So it is a closed door scrimmage. I don't know if the Galaxy, how many of the top players the Galaxy will use. Um, Vissel Kobe said they're not using their best guys. We'll see if that changes. But I just kind of thought it was interesting that the Galaxy all of a sudden decided, Hey, we want to be a part of this, we want to get in on this too.
1: Yeah, it it seems interesting. I'll I'll say this that if anybody's looking, and and by the way, uh, season ticket holders, you were sent a code that basically will get you uh, this event for $125 per person. And yes, that is a lot. I will say that all this money goes to the LA Galaxy Foundation. So if you're, if it's a donation to the LA Galaxy Foundation that gets you, um, you know, access to this closed door, and I believe the, uh, the regular price is $170. So you get $50 off if you're a season ticket holder, two and under get in free. Um, I'll say this, that if you're interested, in, and people were complaining, and I got DMs, and I, I get DMs all the time from people sort of asking questions about this. Um, I'll tell you right now, the Galaxy don't know whether or not they're going to stream this. And I would imagine that now that they're doing a closed-door scrimmage that now they're selling a, you know tickets to, that you're probably not going to get you know a stream of this. And, I, and I'll tell you, you shouldn't be upset about that because at most, you're going to watch players play 30 minutes. Minutes. Um, this is not at any point, and and we haven't progressed to that point. You probably don't progress to that point, maybe till the second or the third game of preseason, where you actually get to have an idea of what the team is doing and what the team is trying to do. Um, you know, on the field, this is mostly just trying to stay in shape. So you, that's really all you're seeing, and the lineups mean relatively little because play because coaches are trying things out so I mean I'm not discouraging you from doing this because I think it would, could be cool if you got to meet you know Iniesta uh, Villa and and, and Podolski. you get to see those guys um, that's great, and that's something you should do if that's if you think it's worth that that money. But at the same time, you're not missing anything dramatic here, and you know the quote unquote starters uh, might go 30 minutes, and you probably have three switches in terms of the personnel throughout that. So you're getting three, three, and three, so 30 minutes each. Um, so I just don't think you're, you're you're missing a lot on this, and I don't well, think and, the Galaxy are going to stream it. Guys
2: are going to be playing with tired legs. Yeah. It's not even on the main field; it's on the uh, you know it's on the the uh, outside field, and it's at 10 in the morning. Um, so, yeah, it's not the World Cup final, but, uh, you know, you might want to record this because I'm actually going to say something positive about the Galaxy. Hold on. Hold um, on.
1: Let me let me give you a, like, I, can I maybe an air horn? <laughs> OK, let's now now continue. The, the
2: red lights are going on. I'm going to say something positive about the Galaxy. You know, the Galaxy are this will be what their fourth uh, uh, preseason scrimmage, right? They yes, have one they have. on each Saturday, the 9th, the 16th and the 23rd. Yep. Correct?
1: Yep. So this is the fourth.
2: And all of them are open to the public. Two of them at uh, Dignity Health Sports Park. That's going to take a while. Good job. Um, anyway, if you're a, a fan or a soccer fan or someone that just wants to see a game and you're bored on a Saturday, you can go to any of those games. One, The middle one is at uh, Orange County Great Park, a fantastic facility. If you haven't been there, you should go. That one's that one's season ticket holders only. So just okay.
1: FYI. But, I mean, you, technically, if you're a season ticket holder, you have access to that game. It's still an open game. but
2: And the know. other two are open as well.
1: The other two are completely uh, okay. open.
2: To anybody, yes. and then and then there's the closed-door scrimmage where yes. you have to have a lot of money and know somebody. I, I say that only because in juxtaposition with a lot of other MLS teams, I mean, like San Jose right now, they're training in Cancun. Columbus, or rather, Colorado and Toronto and some other, Seattle is here. You know, a lot of these teams are not going to play at all or scrimmage at all or do anything in front of their home fans. You know, the Galaxy stayed home. I know they've gone on the road before, but they've stayed home. They're playing their games at home for the most part, they're making them accessible to everybody. When you look at the other Southern California team, LAFC, they've already played one closed door scrimmage close to the media and to fan and to fans. They play Vissel Kobe at bank of California stadium. Anybody can go to that game. Then they have a, a closed door scrimmage with Columbus. No, no, uh, public admission they have a closed door scrimmage with atlanta no public admission they have san jose closed no public admission then they have a game with vancouver all of these at their main stadium that and then they have a game with vancouver that's open to season ticket members only so if you're someone in southern california and say hey maybe i want to go see this lafc or i want to see a soccer game but i work downtown i can't get out to uh carson or i can't get out to orange county whatever it is you can't buy a ticket to any of these games the fans cannot get in to sample this team that they've been told so much about and again, we talked about all those other teams that are actually in Southern California, right. not even in their home market. So the air horn again, please, because the Galaxy are actually making themselves accessible to their fans in the preseason. I think all teams should do that. And I don't understand why pe- why teams miss this opportunity to build fans uh, in, in, in a big time of the year. These are where you sample it and decide if you're going to be a fan during the season. This is the time a lot of people make those decisions. And if there's no access to the team, how can you do that?
1: There we go. I'm sure we caused somebody to crash their car into something. Yeah, now
2: us. I'm going back to normal.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I wanted to put bookend it so that way people didn't think the niceness continued outside of the two air horns. In between you know, brackets, like quotation marks, in between the air horns is good things. Outside of it now is back to normal, Kevin.
2: Yeah, back to normal, Kevin. By, by the way, someone just uh, sent me a message wanting to know if there's any golfing plans coming up. Yeah, I, well, just you know
1: can we do one event at a time? Everybody, You know, it's it's a lot. Josh is under a lot of pressure right now. Pre-season, yeah, rowing. Preseason it's just, this is this is tough. Um, No, I think that, you know, you look at the L.A. Galaxy and and what they're doing. And for the most part, you know, their preseason games have been open to the public um, and they have been open. You know, you can go see these games and you can't do it. And the fact they're staying in Southern California. Remember, Siggy Schmidt took them off to Arizona for a while, but they still came back to Southern California. You have all the teams that are here. So really, um, I think it was Bruce Arena that once told you, Kevin, um, and I think you really relayed this message is that going anywhere else is kind of useless. All the teams that you need to play are here. Um, so you don't need to go anywhere, and you don't need to be outside. You can be at home and train at home, and and that's that's better for the uh, for the players, and it's it's better for the fans. That you get to see it as well. And I'll say this as well. In addition, is that you look at the cost associated with this. I know a lot of times fans throw out things like, "Oh, it's a scrimmage. Just open the doors and let us in. It doesn't cost anything." Anytime you put fans next to players at any point there is a cost associated with that so the you know why is why do we play, why does the galaxy play us open cup games at the track and field stadium because it's ex- it's more expensive to play them on the main field for a smaller crowd it doesn't make any sense so they play them on the track and field stadium a lot of times all this stuff has a cost associated with it. The fact that the LA Galaxy are having three preseason games that are basically open to the public, the uh, the Orange County Great Park one is, you know, limited by uh, the only reason it's season ticket holders only is because it's limited by the total number of uh, people they can have at that location and that venue. So you look at all those things and you say, okay, that's that's great. They're doing this and they're putting the cost and, and they're spending the money on those things so the fans can come out and do that and go to these preseason games. To me, I, I, I like that. I think that that is something that you should do and uh, being in Southern California, where the weather is currently uh, pretty nice, although it's supposed to start raining here towards the end of the week. Uh, pretty nice here in January. Uh, moving into February, uh, you can see that you know it's a real advantage for the for the players. It's a real advantage for the fans. So I, I think that's a that's a positive thing.
2: And the players get to stay home, sleep in their own beds. I mean, I know they're going to the hotel in the middle of the day, and and that's actually kind of a stroke of genius by the coaching staff because the players get to go home and be with their families and sleep in their own bed at night. But during the day. They are kind of sequestered, so they do build that. That there's that bonding. I know one of the reasons that a lot of teams do go on the road, San Jose again in Cancun for some reason. Um, other teams here in Southern California, they do that because they want they want to take away the distractions of the families and and, and of uh, other things that you do when you go home, and they want the players to focus on building camaraderie with one another. This. For the most part, this team is the same team that was here last year. That camaraderie has already been built. But spending the whole day together, going to the hotel between training, I think that does help uh, uh, unite the team in, in ways that wouldn't happen if everyone just went their own way after training.
1: Yeah, um, you know, it, I was also told that this particular technical uh, staff, uh, Guillermo Barascolato, Gustavo, the twins as they're called on the uh, Boca Juniors Confidencial um You know, these guys are keeping the players on a very, very strict schedule, Um, that everything is planned out, that they're supposed to be places at certain times and that there's no there's no room for wiggle, Um, no wiggle room, as they say. With no room for wiggle. That was that was Shakespearean almost. Um, but no, whenever you see it, it's just it's very regimented right now, and that uh, that's going to remain through the entire preseason, and it'll probably remain throughout the season. It seems like these guys are being drilled on when they're supposed to be places, what they're supposed to be doing, how they're supposed to do it in what intensity, and and how they go about that. So I, I think you know, in terms of a coach coming in and immediately understanding the challenge that he has, I think Guillermo Baroscholoto has done that. He has understood the challenges there. He's been talking about how they need to find. A sense of who they are and how they play that all makes sense to me that's that's perfectly fine but the guy is coming in Kevin with a technical staff that he's fairly used to outside of Dominic Kinnear coming in. Um, He's got, you know, his physio, uh, uh, Valde Cantos is here, um, you know, drilling these guys on a regular basis and and putting them through HE double hockey sticks. Um, So he's doing all this stuff. You're seeing the LA Galaxy, and he is grabbing the organization by the throat right now and really controlling what's happening. And and I think that's what you expect from a manager you bring in that needs to clean up and reform an underperforming program right now.
2: Right. And I think Dominic Kinnear, you mentioned him um, before you um, unfortunately used H.E. double hockey sticks. But you mentioned Dominic Kinnear. You know, I think his role on the staff is basically to be the the, the tutor uh, of MLS. You know, Guillermo Barroscolo has been away for uh, eight years. Uh, I bet you there are more, less than a half dozen, less than a dozen for sure players that were in the league then that are still uh, you know, important parts of their team now. So Dominic Kinnear is the one. He's, he's probably going to be the chief advanced scout, if you will. He'll be the guy that said, hey, we we got to play this way against this team. This guy's really good. Watch out. This guy, you know, can use either foot. Uh, some of those little things that may not be obvious to the coaching staff when they try to devise a game plan, I think that that is what his role is going to be. And I think the Galaxy did a great job. And making sure Dominic was on the staff to provide that kind of intelligence.
1: Yeah, it's a it's an interesting mix. I think it's a, it could be a successful, and especially with Dennis Tocco there as well, and and certainly pulling some strings that we've seen so far. Um, you know, in this Kevin, and, and and sort of taking a look. But we, you know, you reported over the weekend. Was that on Saturday? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, on, it, was. it was on Saturday. You reported on Saturday that uh, Uriel. Um, Tuna has signed with the LA Galaxy. This is something that basically got broadcast over social media with, I believe, his girlfriend putting pictures out of it. Um, but it was it, we, you were able to confirm that uh, he has signed that that is official, um, in, or at least it's signed. Uh, official would be the LA Galaxy actually announcing it, Kevin, and so far we haven't seen anything on that.
2: Yeah, my confirmation actually was it'll be made official Monday. Well, today is Monday. It's, I, I'm staring at my computer here. It says 6.06 p.m. Still nothing official. And, and we also know that Diego Polenta is uh, supposedly in Southern California right now. If not, he's in a plane on his way here. Yes. Um, and he apparently needs to have a physical before his contract is signed. Now, that's a week late. I was told that he would be in Southern California on the 19th uh, and was expected to be in uniform um for the start of training uh that Monday. He is he was not. It's now a week later. He still uh, is well, he's arrived now, he still hasn't gone through training that we know of. Um I wonder a little bit about this because the Galaxy, you know, and tuna the, the pictures are out there. Who's whoever sent them out, they're right. they're out there that the guy signed uh last week, and now we're three days later, and he's been training, he was there. Uh, From one of the first training sessions, I know he was there uh, last Wednesday when I went out. I saw him there, so he's been training. Polenta is now in Southern California. I just think the Galaxy have a real opportunity. People are excited about these guys. It, It is pretty much the same team as last year. There's, there's not anyone. You know, you get excited about Zlatan coming back with the new contract, but. This is a chance to, to, to sort of build a little bit and build some interest and some excitement. And when, you know, you have pictures of the guy signing the contract and four days later, three days later, the Galaxy still hasn't confirmed it. Right. And then the other guy, they won't talk about him. Everyone wants to know about Polenta. I mean, he's a legit guy and, he, you know, left footed center back. a kind of a rare thing, um, you know, comes and understands uh, uh you know, formations and, and uh, his, his strategy, his philosophy, what he wants to do. This is a big hire. Now, the galaxy will tell you. Well, the guy—I don't know what the galaxy will tell you. But one thing I do know, the galaxy likes to do is they like to stage manage a lot of these signings. The one thing they do is they wait until the physicals are done. No other sport does that. The Dodgers will tell you, we've signed Bryce Harper and, uh, you know, pending the physical. But they'll tell you, they'll allow you to run with it. They'll allow you to write about it. They'll allow fans to get excited about it. They don't wait until the guy has gone through the physical, been signed for his uniform, found a house, and done all those things. Right. The Galaxy try to stage manage this stuff. And what happens is, if if you were to tell me right now that Antuna signed, I would tell you, I already knew that. Yes. And I think the galaxies shoot themselves in the foot. By the time this stuff comes out, everybody already knows it. And the chance for excitement is gone.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we get that a lot, and and you and I always smile a little bit. And, you know, it's it's sort of our job is to make it whenever the galaxy, I guess, officially announced some of this stuff. Kevin, we we I, we always smile whenever people are like, "Yeah, we knew about that a month ago." Um, so you know, that's that's some of that. I guess you can credit to us. Um, if I don't mind patting myself on the back while I pat pat you on the back as well. Um, but at the same time, I mean, this stuff seems like it it should have. I mean, we all saw the pictures. The guy was signing a contract. Everybody knows what that means. That's it. That's over. If you have a signature on a piece of paper, everything is done. Um, there's nothing else that you can do. You have signed that player. And so you know with uh, with Antuna that, that he's been training and that he signed and, and that it's done and there's still no official announcement. That's. I guess it just is what it is. Um, I, I agree with you, though. It kills a lot of the excitement. There's excitement that... You could build off of if you're the Galaxy, where you have that initial report of it being done. You put that tweet out, Kevin. It comes out, and then you know six hours later or on Monday, you know the Galaxy can say, "Yeah, we've signed them." And then that continues that excitement. You draw it out too far, and it's like the MLS Cup playoffs, Kevin. There's a break in between that you need that everybody sort of forgot about. And oh wait, you, do you still have to play an MLS Cup. Nobody's paying attention anymore. Um, well, yeah,
2: and, and what the Galaxy did in the past, and, and again, yes, I am a big uh, big fan of Bruce Arena, and I like the way things were done in the Bruce Arena era, so shoot me. But I remember with Bruce Arena, you, you were able to get information, um, sometimes from Bruce, sometimes from somebody else, about what the team was doing. You could re- get it confirmed. You could report it. And then when the player got to town, I remember with Ashley Cole and, and Van Damme, they had the press conference. And they had one with Nigel de Jong. And so what you did is you had the reports in the press that, you know, maybe a tweet that uh, they were close to a deal. Then you had the story that they signed and then they had the press conference and then you got to ask them any questions you want and they live streamed the press conference. And that was kind of a, it was a, a, a you know, a, a stepladder to, to build attention from the original reports to the confirmation to here they are in the flesh answering your questions. Uh, that was a good way to build attention. I think drawing this thing out where, yeah, there's the pictures of him signing. There's Dennis Teclosa with him. So clearly the the team knows that he signed because Dennis Teclosa has a copy of the contract as well. And then three days later, we still don't know anything that's going on when the guy is training. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, it, if that, he's in training. He passes physical. What are we waiting for?
1: That, that one is done. I mean, the, the Antuna one is done. The polenta one. Um, this one seems like it keeps dragging out a little bit. I, I still, and I will say exactly what I said on Thursday night, which is I have been told nothing that would lead me to believe that polenta is not happening. And in fact, I've been reassured that, 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 that we're all on the right track, that polenta is happening. And we've heard basic reports that he should have been in L. On uh, today on Monday as we're recording on January 28th. Uh, whether that means physicals and medicals happen today or whether that happens Tuesday, everything seems to be leading towards a Tuesday-Wednesday announcement. But, being that Antuna wasn't announced on Monday, you now probably move Antuna to Tuesday and that means that probably pushes Polenta to Wednesday or Thursday. Um, I don't know how linked they, those two announcements are, but you're probably not going to make both of those announcements in the same day.
2: And And what does this matter for the team? I mean, it if Polenta's here this week and starts training, he'll be ready for the opener. Right. Um, so there's no read. There, I mean, there's no bad news here. It's not like, oh, God, they took a, two weeks to get this done. And now the guy's not going to be able to play. No, everything is good. There's as I as far as I know, uh, until someone tells me differently, there's nothing there's no bad news here. There's not like we're investigating Watergate. It's just this you is it, all
1: good news. Yeah, it's just you and I complaining, really. That's I think I think that's what this comes down to is you and I being like, come on. Just we, we 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 work really hard to set this stuff up and then, you know, it makes us sort of look like, oh, well, we don't Kevin, you don't know what you're talking about because they didn't announce it today. You know, yeah, it
2: was the same, you know, with uh, DeCloso was working at the StubHub Center. He was still a StubHub Center <laughs> yeah. there, and I can say that yeah. he was working at the facility before he was officially announced as being hired. He w- we got reports from him watching some of the youth games and, and he was out there. Um, but the galaxy kept saying he's not signed yet. It's not official. He's not signed yet. He's there. Yeah. Let us know. Let us tell people. Everyone is wondering what's going on. This is a big deal.
1: It, it, um, it
2: is. It was the same with with Scalotto. You know, he was. He, he Everything was done a couple of days before it was announced. You and I did break it a couple of days early, um, but for the, the the masses, you know, the the galaxy did not confirm it until days after the guy was already here. Why I, I the secrecy. The, one of the things the galaxy will say is. Um, when you ask them about that, don't worry, no one knows about this, it's not going to leak out. Well, when a guy signs a contract, there's a lot of people involved. His family's involved, his extended family's involved, the agent is involved, the team that didn't get him uh, is involved. So it's the idea that the, you know these things are done in a phone booth and there's only two people in there, it's not true. A lot of people know. And, and in, in the case of this off season, when so many people were waiting for a coach and a general manager and for some good news... I just think the Galaxy slow walked this to the point where by the time it came out, there was no excitement anymore.
1: Well, you know, the other thing that we're sort of going to lean up against here, Kevin, is that with uh, with Antuna being the 24th player on the roster, uh, Polenta possibly being that 25th player whenever you look at it, the LA Galaxy are approaching their sort of max number of players here. So the other signings, getting these out of the way, transitioning away from these to be like, oh, okay, Um, These are done you can set those aside what's next allowing the fan base to sort of focus on what's next what's still missing from these Um, You know, that's sort of the next thing that's missing and I I think for the LA galaxy You're still gonna say that they're short on defense and you're gonna be right on that Um, so even once you get polenta in um, polenta as a starter even though he hasn't played since June all of those things need to sort of take place, and then there still needs to be sort of this reconciliation of what the LA Galaxy have. I don't know if that's part of it, is to stretch these out and to make it look like the Galaxy have more players than they do, because basically we've been reporting on Antuna and Polenta for a month, so it feels like we've been adding new players and, and talking about new players to the roster for a month. That, that doesn't—it it all doesn't jive, and I don't think that's what they're trying to do. But bottom line is that once Polenta— uh finally signs once that's finally official kevin the the shift is going to be to look at this roster and realize one the la galaxy have a bunch of midfielders in fact they even made efren alvarez a forward so that way he wouldn't be thrown in the midfielders role sort of there which is which is fun that's fine you can do that i guess you can do whatever you want um you know they currently show eight defenders in camp but you know some of those are uh, Tomas Hilliard Arce. Some of those are Hugo Ariano. Some of those are unsigned, unsigned Didi Triore or uh, or Julian Arajo. So those are those are unsigned players. You you don't have a real sense of how concrete this team is. And by keeping a couple players in flux, still the Antuna's not officially announced. Uh, Polenta. And by the way, guaranteed they announced Antuna on Tuesday. And we everybody's like, why were you guys complaining for so long about it? Um, so, you know, looking at that and understanding where it is, it's, it's still going to come down to the fact that the LA Galaxy needed to fix and reinforce the defense in the off season and that they've so far brought in one defender, um, whenever you look at this and, and that basically everything else remains the same. So I don't know if we're getting away from, you know, the real narrative here.
2: Well, Chris Klein told me a couple of weeks ago that the team was going to sign two more players. Actually, we were talking about defenders and he said, we know that there's a need there. We're going to sign two more. I took him to mean two more defenders. Polenta, that would be one. If you, if he meant two more players, Polenta and Antuna, there's two. I took him to mean two defenders. So I'm still kind of got my eye out that maybe another defender will, will show up at some point. Um, but both these players, uh, we have a Uruguayan and a Mexican, they're going to need foreign roster spots. And the Galaxy cleared up appeared to this week have cleared up one foreign roster again, spot.
1: Again, kind of. You know, as as we say, I had, uh, had Joao Pedro listed on the LA Galaxy's roster as was necessary, but he has been on loan in Greece um, from what we've been told. However, it looks like his trip from Greece will now be a return trip to Portugal, uh, all reports certainly pointing towards uh, Pedro looking to have landed back in Portugal um, and uh, and going to a club called uh, Tondela, I believe Tondela in Portugal, which I believe is currently 12th or something in in the uh, in the Portuguese league there. So uh, Joao Pedro heading back to Portugal, uh, the land where he was uh, he was born. So uh, Pedro back there, and and it's an interesting turn again. Kevin wasn't happy in Greece. I don't think he was getting a whole bunch of playing time in Greece either. Um, But this is a guy who, if you pay attention to, you and I have told you uh, that the LA Galaxy paid a transfer fee for. um, A transfer fee that could be anywhere between $600,000 and about $1.2 million, whenever it all breaks down to it. I don't know which number we decided to lean on, but I'm leaning more towards that $1.2 million more than the six hundred dollars that at one point, I think we were told. Um, This is a guy that the Galaxy went out and apparently scouted, and in 2017 brought him in to link between, you know, a Sebastian Legette or a Jermaine Jones um, and thought that they had the right guy um, and that they nailed it. And now here's a guy who they are literally keeping off the roster by loaning out, I'm sure at a severe discount to whoever wants him because they can't afford to have him back on the roster um, in terms of his international slot. All those things sort of put together, this this has to be an admission that this went horribly wrong.
2: Yeah, well, a couple of things. First of all, in the international slots, uh, the Galaxy said that the, uh, Ola Kamara, remember, got his, his uh, green, card green card last right. year mm-hmm. or whatever documentation he needed. They said another player is doing that now. When you look at the roster, I think the, the guy they must be talking about who might be trying to change his immigrat- immigration status would be Roman Alessandrini. He loves it here. He would be a guy that I could see maybe wanting to settle here. Afterwards, or at least have the ability to come back and forth. So I think that might be the guy. If in fact someone is changing their immigration status, my bet would be on him. But when you talk about Jal Pedro, if people think back to when he was signed and they signed him and Alessandrini, uh, that was at the start of the Curdunoff era when they were going cheap and young, and uh, you know they had just gotten burned with with Robbie Keane and Steven Gerrard, and they were trying to move on from that and they decided to go in the other direction. Um, Jao Pedro, they were so happy when they got him. They thought that they had really landed somebody and they, they, they were looking at a couple of other midfielders. There was one guy that was in, in Holland, um, that he actually was so sure that he was coming that he went on, uh, the Fox TV affiliate in Holland and announced he was on his way to the galaxy in a post-game interview. The, the galaxy actually had used him as a pawn to try to get Jao Pedro to sign, uh, or maybe signed for less, or whatever it was. But they told me after that that Jal Pedro was the guy that we wanted all along. And remember, they brought him in and they gave him number eight, Gerard's number, and they gave Austin number seven, Keane's number. And it was clear the idea was we're starting over. And man, they went out of their way to build Jal to to build Jal Pedro as the second coming. That this guy was going to be great. When Jonathan dos Santos came in a couple months later. Joe Pedro became number 88 and they gave the number eight to, there, to uh, Jonathan dos Santos. There was a 58 in there as well. If you remember, yeah, well, the, the,
1: the, he never played in the 58. I'm, and I have to reiterate that because the galaxy made sure that I said that that way, the one time that I said he I, had I, three I, numbers.
2: And he didn't even want the eight. He he wanted another number that was meaningful to him. I forget what the number was, but there was a family meaning uh, to it. They gave him number eight because they wanted him to be the new Gerard. And, and I've never seen a player star fall that quickly. Uh, you know, he was out of the lineup, especially when Ziggy came in. He was out of the lineup. And then all of a sudden he wound up last year over in Greece. And you're right. I mean, I, I think you put your finger right on it. This by Jao Pedro going out again, not even really getting to trial under the new coach. I mean, wouldn't you think if you thought this guy was as good as you said he was when you signed him, that if he had that kind of promise, that m- you might say, "Hey, maybe the coach, maybe it was the coach, maybe the style of play. Let's let's have a let's have our new guy look at him and see if he's useful." Mm-hmm. No, he's gone. Started training camp. He's gone. He's on his way back to Portugal. That's an admission to me that the previous scouting staff got this one wrong and got it wrong in such a big way that they don't even want this guy training with them anymore. Um, they're going to fulfill the contract and use him on loan and try to get something out of him, uh, something of value, but he is not part of the team today. He's not part of the team going forward. Um, his, his, you know, they have to move him because uh, the, the foreign player spot is more important and more valuable than the player. That to me is an admission uh, that they got it wrong. And, the reason I think that's important is because if they admit that on Gio Pedro now are they preparing to admit that on Giovanni dos Santos as well we know that Gio was not wanted by the coaching staff in place then we know that he had a terrible year last year we know that the Closa knows it because he talked about it in his introductory uh, conference call with us about how he's had a couple of tough seasons uh, Gio is an incredibly talented player and if you saw him uh you know when he was motivated? if you seen him play when he's motivated? Like he was his first uh, half season here. He's a tremendous talent, and DeCloos said that he's a very good player, but he's had two bad years. And we need to. And said we need to find out why and what we can do to rectify that. And so when you look at Jao Pedro uh, and how ballyhooed he was and how quickly his star faded, are they now preparing to move Gio? Now that they bitten the bullet once? Are they prepared to 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 bite hard again? By Geo out and move on and admit that they never should have done that in the first place.
1: Well, I mean, I think there's an important distinction that you, we have to make is that you, you're never going to hit on all the guys that you bring in, right? We know that. Um, you know that it's it's a percentage game, but you also know that your percentage probably should have been higher than what it was whenever you go out. You get guys like Giovanni Dos Santos, um, you get guys like Joao Pedro. I'm going to read you some of the quotes that actually came in, in, in my piece on Joao Pedro whenever he signed, and we had talked specifically with Chris Klein um, about this. Uh, this is Chris Klein speaking. He says, We knew that with the players departing, we needed the number six. We needed the guy that could play in the middle, play with Jermaine Jones, possibly play with Sebastian Legette, that could give us the youthful energy that we need uh he fit that mold and he fit that mold at a price and age that made him very attractive to us we couldn't be more excited about what he's going to bring to the club uh, klein went on and, uh, to talk about this and he talked about how you know it was actually a pretty exhaustive search in terms of trying to find joel pedro uh, this is Klein and he says, we've continuously ramped up our scouting system and Pete and his group and Jovan Karofsky have spent an incredible amount of time away from here scouting and talking and looking for players. So that was sort of the uh, the incoming Joao Pedro script that was uh, that was put out. They really built him up, Kevin.
2: They they did. And, and you're right to say that, you know, if if you're batting 50 percent, you're probably doing really well. Um, you look at a guy like Yellow Van Here's a guy that was a hit and a miss. His first season, it was tremendous. The second season, not so much. He was distracted. A lot of personal things going on. Um, You would have to say the first season, you know, they did really well. The second season, they, you know, they got rid of him in mid-season when they were struggling. So what does that tell you? Gio maybe fits the same thing. I mean, I think his first season and a half, let's give him that, the first season and a half, he was very valuable. Led the team in scoring his first full year. Um, The team didn't necessarily win a lot with him. They didn't win an MLS Cup. Um, and he didn't prove to, to be the, the marketing muscle that they really thought he would be getting out in the community. That just wasn't his thing. But for a season and a half, he was good, and for two seasons, he, he wasn't so good. So is that a hit or a miss? I mean, again, it's kind of 50-50. Uh, I, I don't think there's really anything that Joe Pedro did that would, make you th- that would put those words from Chris Klein in, in any kind of context other than I got that one wrong.
1: No. And, and and I agree with you. I mean, yeah, I mean, it has to be. And it's just it's the fact that it was built up. It was a fact that it was like, hey, look at us. Look at how good we are. Um, we're going to be fine after Bruce Arena. We're doing things differently. We're doing all sorts of stuff. We We got this nailed. So, you know, you guys should stop worrying because there was a lot of worry about all that. Um, in terms of you know what was going to happen now that Bruce Arena was gone, and and this was you know trying to build up a system that you know says that oh hey you know we had we have the, a really good scouting. It, bottom line is we know that the Galaxy you know don't ha- didn't have a good scouting thing. And Siggy Schmidt and now Dennis DeClosa have all been tasked with actually building a scouting system for the LA Galaxy. So it was just it was trying to really paper over some of the issues that they had and the fact that was Joel Pedro with the amount of money they spent um, and, you know, all these other things and the different things that come into it, you look at what they've been doing now, and granted, they're doing what they need to do is moving him around. Uh, LA Galaxy currently, with Joel Pedro on the roster, have eight Uh, international slots. Now, one of those guys is Giovanni Dos Santos, who we don't know about his future as you were talking about, Kevin. Will the Galaxy buy him out? The other one is Joel Pedro, so you really have six. So you can bring in uh, a guy like Antuna. Uh, Antuna gives you right now, if you take away Joel Pedro, gives you uh, seven international spots, And then you can bring in Polenta, which will give you eight. And eight is the total number the Galaxy have right now, unless they trade for another one. So you're right on the edge in terms of where you're going to be able to to go with these. But if you get rid of somebody like Giovanni dos Santos, if somebody gets a green card, um, you know, like Roman Sandrini we were talking about, or Zlatan Ibrahimovic, right? Because he's going to get a green card and stay in the United States as well. Yeah, sometimes it has to do with a uh, length of time in the in the country as well. Um, well,
2: God doesn't need documentation, he, so times free.
1: He can do whatever he wants. He can do what He doesn't count for anything. Uh, not for international slots or designated player spots, apparently, either. Um, so however that goes, um, you know, you're know, you going to see the LA Galaxy currently right at that, that bubble at 8. Um, but with the movement we're expecting, I think you could actually find the LA Galaxy might even be under 1 by the time they start the season uh, if things go away. And again, I, I said that with Polenta, that would be 25 players on the roster, but Joel Pedro is off that roster. So that's 24 Um, Giovanni dos Santos. If they keep, if they get rid of him or they get rid of anybody else, then you're back down to 23 again. So, I mean, there's, you don't have to go a long way to sort of see that the galaxy both have some flexibility and have no flexibility at the same time, Kevin, and that uh, a more signings in terms of defense, or maybe if you're the galaxy, Kevin, you're not going to put yourself in the same situation you did last year, which was not have any flexibility during the summer. Uh, Maybe you're going to swallow and sort of hold on to one of those those international slots. So that way you can do something at summer and actually make your team better. As we saw last year, MLS clubs made their teams better during the summer. The LA galaxy stayed the same. Uh, well,
2: Pato, you made a rare, good point, a very good point for you. Um, when you talk about the international slots, yes, they were locked in, a, in a lot of different ways, but they need to be Gumby like flexible um, with those international slots. And the reason they do is because there's two transfer windows during the season. And when you have the Closa and, and, and Scaletto who have promised, to mine their uh, contacts in Latin America and to really dig into the Latin American market to get players up there, you know, you don't put it past them to to land somebody in May and to land somebody in August. And both those guys um, have, again, deep contacts. They're very persuasive. They have a lot of clout. Uh, in in the case of the close end Mexico and and Scaletto and all of Latin America, if they go to somebody who's maybe a little unhappy or out of a job in May or August, my guess, my bet would be that those guys would come here. If the Galaxy can afford them and they need to keep, uh, I think they need to keep an international slot or maybe even two open for that because some of these deals may come together pretty quickly and you can't necessarily do all the heavy lifting that you need to do to make that happen. So, you know, if, if they get down under the international slot number and have maybe one open and then a, a way to create another one, whether it be a green card or something else, you know, I think the Galaxy have to be thinking that way.
1: Yeah, and again, we'll, we'll see how it all sort of plays out, but I, I think it, it could be interesting to see how the Galaxy sort of uh, continue to shape this roster. And we're going to see by the start of the season, by that March 2nd start against the Chicago Fire, you know, what it means for the Galaxy, where they're short, and whether or not we think they're going to address anything Before that main transfer window opens or if you go into the summertime um, as well. So uh, all that stuff, the roster compliance in terms of the four DPs we've been telling you probably is right at the end of February. It's certainly before the start of the first game. um, And so it's probably that last day in February, February 28th. um, So about a month from now. Uh, if you figure. Uh, so all those things will, will sort of come to a to a, to a head uh, before we get out of there. All right. What, what I yeah. think
2: they need, you know, wh- where I would look is, I think the Galaxy need help at outside back, mm-hmm. um, if for depth of nothing else. I mean, I think they can start four guys in the back line right now. It may not be a great starting lineup, but they need some help to, and some depth at outside back, especially. And then I think uh, I think they need some help at goalkeeper. Uh, uh, Bingham is going to start. He's clearly the guy that's going to start. But, uh, you know, I think the did. Galaxy did not do well last year without having Bingham a little uncomfortable in his job, looking over his shoulder. I think competition really brings out the best. You know, I know that's an old cliche, and I'm surprised you haven't used it since you love cliches so much. But the idea that if Bingham is having to, to play for his starting spot every week. I think that helps. Now I don't want to do what an did where, which is where, uh, you, you have a starter and you take him out after one game, put another guy in and try to engender competition that way. I'm talking about if a guy struggles and the other guy's doing really well in training, you need to step up your game. I don't think Bingham felt that last year. Um, you look at a guy like Tyler Miller at LAFC who had a great season because he f- was afraid that when Luis Lopez got healthy, he was going to lose his job. Um, I-, I think David Bingham could use a little bit of urgency in trying to keep his job too. So I think the Galaxy need – I know they brought in a couple goalkeepers already, but uh, they really need to engender some competition for that spot. And then, again, I would i would look for them to add an outside back.
1: Yeah, I, I think they're short on forwards as well, and it's just more depth than anything else. Uh, Zlatan, Ola Kamara, Chris Pontius, Efren Alvarez listed as that. Panias plays field. Uh, you could bring, I guess, Alessandrini up to play forward. You could bring Bradford Jamison up to bring forward. We saw Ima Boatang playing forward uh, last year as well, but those are all sort of out-of-position stuff. You don't have an Ari Lasseter anymore, which, uh, despite what you want to say about Ari Lasseter, he, he was a body that was able to fill in, in in that forward position. So the Galaxy don't have much depth up there, especially when you realize that you know two of those guys are certainly starting. And I would say that Chris Pontius even has a good chance of starting, just not at the forward position. So Well,
2: well where, you, where you need that depth at of- forward is that the games on turf uh you know when Zlatan can't play or when his 38 year old body just not going to allow him to go out there he went 37 now I think yep. he'll be 38 by the end of the year but when he that's where you need the depth but you know in in those positions with that midfield so deep I, I mean I understand what you're saying but it, it at at that point I just load the midfield and go with this with a lone striker up front whether it, it Kamara can do that Zlatan can do that um you know I think that might be one way around it I'm not I'm not saying that they don't need uh, some help it forward but i i think the back line right now is should be the area of emphasis you can you can work with the the players they have up front
1: uh, i mean i can make the argument that you need two defenders that you need uh, another starter and you need another depth piece just to really start the season and you probably need another defender outside of that that's probably pushing for some of that stuff so you could i, I if you if you told me that the galaxy are going to sign three defenders polenta being one and they were going to get two more i would say yeah that seems about right i, I wouldn't have any problems with that two for sure Uh, polenta plus one other, but uh, you know, making it three wouldn't surprise me at all, so uh, so that would be fine with that. Um, some other LA Galaxy news or LA Galaxy alumni news, I guess we could uh, say that uh, LA Galaxy goalkeeping coach uh, Matt Reese has found a home. Also, former LA Galaxy goalkeeper as well from 1999 in our 1998 to 2002, Matt Reese was the LA Galaxy goalkeeper. Uh, Matt Reese has joined the coaching staff in Columbus under Caleb Porter. Uh, that was announced today a little bit earlier. So Matt Reese finally found a home. I thought maybe he'd find a home here with the Galaxy, Kevin. I was I was kind of pulling for that one, um, but that didn't. Happen so, uh, so he is now with Columbus, uh, with Jossie's Artist, um, at Columbus and with Caleb Porter. Um, so that's uh, that's an interesting one, and then the other one that we didn't really get to talk about at all on Thursday. Um, I think we touched on it just real briefly, but it's something that uh, you know is is certainly interesting. And <laughs> if you've seen uh, if you've seen any of the Galaxy profile Instagram uh, stories where Jermaine Jones and Stu Holden were talking back and forth with each other about this particular player's future and why he's coming back, but Landon Donovan has unretired once again. Uh, he'll play for the uh, Major Arena Soccer League, uh, the San Diego Soccers. Um, they will uh he will be joining them and i think uh i think somebody reported that he's gonna make 250 thousand dollars uh yep, playing that's for correct and, and
2: his new nickname is boomerang because he keeps coming back
1: there there that's how it is uh all just interesting stuff i don't really care i, I just I talked though. to
2: someone from Landon's past, someone that knows him quite well and has known him throughout his career. And when I mentioned uh, that Landon was coming back, the response was, he's crazy. <laughs> and, and the thought was one of two things, um, that either Landon is bored. I kind of lean that way. Right. Landon is bored. You know, he's been playing a ton of pickup games and stuff with anyone who will play with him. He actually trained with the soccers. That's the team he's playing with. He actually trained with the soccers for a while, a couple years ago. So he's either bored or he needs the money. Um, and uh, I, I'm leaning toward the board thing. Uh, you know, no one's going to turn their nose up at $250,000. But remember, last year he's making three million in Mexico, so uh, it's a little bit of a come down. But yeah, I, I, I definitely think he's bored. I, I I made the point to this person that maybe Landon never really s- got to scratch the itch. You know, he retired prematurely. He retired at 32 or 33 after Jurgen cut him from the World Cup team, and I think that that really hurt his spirit and i just i think at that part he was still playing well he had a career high in assists that year in the ml and galaxy won the mls cup in 2014 and but then he retired because he just his heart wasn't in it anymore and i right. think he felt like he retired too soon. Anyway, I ran that whole philosophy past this person that knew him. And he said, you know, Landon never really liked soccer that much in the first place.
1: Yeah, well, we've I I think we've talked about that on the show. Maybe not you and I, but over the years that, you know, we you you can always compare Landon Donovan, who was an ultra competitor. He doesn't like to lose. Um, that's not the thing. But whenever you compare him to somebody like Robbie Keane, Robbie Keane needed to play soccer, needs to play soccer. The fact that he's coaching now um, is only because he can't play soccer anymore. And you always knew that that's how it was going to go where Landon never needed to play soccer that was never his his need um, or his want. Um, he played it because he was really good at it. He played it because he was, you know, had world-class talent at it. But uh, the drive to have to play because there's some like, uh, you know, to, to sort of use what you were saying, Kevin, an itch that he has to scratch would be, I, I think, would be false, knowing him for as long as I have whenever I was covering the team. It just it just never seemed that way. He was able to walk away. And whether or not he goes back to the soccer because he's bored, and, and I certainly think that that's something to it. Um, whether he just misses and realizes that, you know, being part of a team uh, is important. Or if he was like me, which is why I played pickup soccer whenever I finally was out of college and did, I just needed to kick people on a regular basis and for it to be legal. Um, and then you know, hey, he's he's going to get that with the soccer. Well, so why don't you go him. into MMA? I, because then they could keep, like really kind of hurt. Oh, they me. kick you. Yeah, back, I don't yeah. Want, yeah, I don't want any of that. I just want to kick people. Uh don't you don't you wish sometimes, Kevin? You're like going through the newsroom. You're seeing people. You are just be really like, wow, that guy just needs to be kicked in the shins. Don't you? Don't you get that
2: feeling? I'm a pacifist.
1: Okay. All right. Just checking. Just checking. It's why the, the Pan, long distance. Pandas.
2: Of... Everyone loves pandas and pandas love everyone. We're Sh- peaceful animals. Sure.
1: Sure. If you, if, that's, I, if that's one of those things where people are like, oh, pandas are really nice. And then you go jump into their pen and they attack you and they're like, pandas aren't nice at all. You know, it's like, yeah, they're still wild animals. They're still going to eat you if given the chance. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else we need to uh, cover before we're
2: done here? Uh, that was pretty wide ranging discussion.
1: Yeah, I think I think we covered a lot of top. We were a little worried, maybe the the news the, the news has been a little bit slow, um, and so I was I was starting to panic a little bit there. And but I think we got through it. I think
2: we're okay. no. The news has been there. It just hasn't been made official yet. We're waiting. That's
1: the problem. It'll all be official tomorrow, which will render this podcast completely and utterly useless, as it
2: normally does. Yes, that's right. That's not the first time it's happened.
1: That's how it goes. All right. Uh, once again, uh, best in galaxy T shirts. Head on over to corner of the galaxy. Click that shop button. $20 gets you your best in Galaxy shirt. And all the proceeds go here to keep the lights on.
2: Make sure everyone knows there's no Panda or Pato on that shirt.
1: No Panda or Pato on that shirt. They'll be disappointed. I'm sure they will be. Uh, They can see what it looks like. I doubt they'll be disappointed. Uh, And then, of course, we have our live show coming up on February 16th at Taps in Tustin. Make sure you're there for that as well. We're going to have a bunch of fun there before the LA Galaxy take on the Vancouver Whitecaps at 5 p.m. at the Orange County Great Park. So, nice little pregame for you. You get some beer, get some food. Uh, All ages bring the family. We hope to see everyone. Everybody there. Yes.
2: Why is it called the great park, by the way? I mean, I've been there. I love it. I would say a pretty good park above average park, really nice, park, but great. I don't know.
1: Hey, hey you know, it has a long way before it's going to be great. All right. Yeah, that's i think I, you
2: gotta dial, you gotta dial that back
1: they're they're dressing for the job they want not the job they have kevin okay all right. i'll take that all right that's how it goes all right. Orange County, pretty good part orange pretty 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 nice part all right if you're looking for mr kevin baxter on twitter you of course can catch him at kbaxter 11 and head on over to the latimes.com where you can find all of kevin's writings on the us men, men's national team women's national team lafc la galaxy all the soccer news and coverage that you want. Covering here in Southern California, Kevin has it for you over at LAtimes.com. All right. If you're uh, looking for me on Twitter, at JGESMAN, and at Galaxy Podcast. And, of course, don't forget, head on over to galaxy.com. Our podcasts, our shows, our articles, our events, our T-shirts are all right there. cornerthegalaxy.com. Help us out there. We appreciate it. Scarves still for sale up there as well. All right. For Mr. Kevin the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Pato-Gessman, and you've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one,
0: everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy from the Box podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at galaxypodcast.com. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, Goodbye, everybody.